Welcome to The Sound of Automation, brought to you by Clayton and McCurvey, CPAs for growth-driven businesses. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm good, Denise. We're back again. We are. It's Another great exciting to see episode live. of The Sound of Automation. I'm looking forward to it. So today I think you're talking about the overused phrase of digital transformation. Um, yes. I know why it's overused. It's, it's, it's here and it's important. But can you tell me in layman's terms what it all means? Uh, no, because you just told me I need to keep this answer short. <laughs> yes, you do. But I, I think, it, as you said, it's overused. Okay. A lot of people have different ideas of what digital transformation is, what it can do, et cetera. So uh, Sam Hoff and I, Sam of Patty Engineering, uh, talked today about you know what digital transformation looks like for him mm-hmm. and kind of some of the benefits, how's it impacting his business, et cetera. So you know, I, I don't think people will come away from this podcast with a, a definition, okay. but I think they'll come away with a little better understanding of how it impacts their business. A little more clarity. That sounds good. Um, with the pandemic on the tail end, we can hope, mm-hmm. are there a couple of trends that, that you've seen in this space that you want our listeners to be mindful of? Digital transformation itself mm-hmm. is, is there, there's so many pieces going on. It, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint. But the biggest thing to me is how is, how is digital transformation impacting the operation of the business, right? How is it impacting the people okay. doing the job? You know, is it, is it upskilling some people? Is it, I mean, that's the big concern with automation, right? Sure. It's putting some people out of the job market. But there's, you know, I think when you really look into it, uh, there's more opportunities in that area than risks. But uh, that is a big component that people need to think about in any digital transformation effort. That makes sense. I know on the marketing side, we feel very stretched by all things digital that have um, yeah. heightened with uh, the COVID pandemic. Are there a couple of things on the accounting side that, that you see the firm uh, grappling with as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you go through the big ones, right? Artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. automation, um, you know, the, the ability to do work from anywhere. Sure. And, and those are all great things, but you got to establish people's expectations. You know, what is it exactly you're looking to get from whatever this tool you're putting into place? Can that tool actually do it? Uh, you know, and then how do you, how do you not just replace what you were already doing with a new tool? But use mm. that tool the way it's intended and change the way you do business because that that's where the real where the real value comes sure. in. Sure. Well, great. Thanks for that. And I'm going to listen to Sam and hopefully come away with a little more little bit more knowledge. All right. Thanks, All right. Denise. Yep. Bye bye. Yep. Hello and welcome to the Sound of Automation podcast. Uh, joining me today is Sam Hoff of Patty Engineering. Sam, how are you doing? Good. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, so. Today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about digital transformation. I mean that's obviously a a very hot topic for anybody you know looking at Industry 4.0 and just business in general these days. Uh, but before we get into that, I guess can you give me a little bit of your background and, and maybe some of the history of Patty Engineering? Absolutely. So uh, Patty Engineering, we've been in business over 30 years now. I started it a year out of college. Named it after my uh, lovely bride Patty, who's the CFO of the company. So as I tell people. She's the CFO, I'm the CEO, she's got all the money. If I'm bad, you'll never see me again. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we have offices in Auburn Hills, Michigan, Indianapolis, Indiana, 
in Austin, Texas. Um, we started out doing a lot of automotive automation. Um, we still do a lot of work with the automotive industry. It's a great industry to work for. Um, but we've also branched out from there. We do a lot of uh, textiles. We do warehousing and distribution, which, uh, as you might guess, is really hot these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, we've been uh, we've got great partnerships with clients like Siemens, Fanuc Robotics, uh, BNR, IFM, um, so Ignition, yeah. and uh, so we uh, we really um, try to concentrate on solving our customers. Uh, issues. Um, we're about 35 or so employees. So. Oh, fantastic. So now when you guys started out, were, were you more on the control side or like the, the machine bill side or, or did you guys do a little bit of everything? So, so we do, um, if we do mechanical or we do like traditional panel build, like a lot of integrators do, we mm-hmm. sub that stuff out. We okay. are just high level engineering. Um, started out, um, you know, the company started out 30 years ago with me and a laptop and started bringing <laughs> on employees. And every management lesson I've ever learned is the school of hard knocks, doing it wrong the first time and then figuring out how to do it right. Yep. Um, but um, the uh, uh, we have done traditional PLC programming and that kind of stuff and robot programming. But it's it's morphed into so much as you're seeing IT and OT blend together. Yep. So. Oh, excellent. And, and you know, really when uh, when we were kind of planning for these meetings and thinking about it and, and we talked about, okay, how do we do something with digital transformation? You know, for me, that's one of those terms that I think if I talk to 20 people in industry, I'm going to get 20 different answers about what digital transformation is. There'll be some commonalities, but, you know, I think it's it's a buzzword that people like to throw out. You know, you say, oh, yeah, we're, we're focusing on our digital transformation. Um, but but this is, is really an area, you know, kind of a passion for you, right? You've, uh, uh, within the Control System Integrators Association, you're the chair of the Digital Transformation Committee. So, so in a nutshell, what is digital transformation to Sam Hoff? In a nutshell, what digital transformation is to Sam Hoff is using tools like the digital twin business analytics, um, analytics that you're getting from the floor to improve manufacturing without having to be right beside the line and watching it run. And um, it, uh, you know, in, and you're right, industry 4.0 and digital transformation, they're buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Artificial intelligence is too. Yep. I've done a lot of studying into AI. You asked the 10 leading AI experts in the world, what artificial intelligence is, you'll get 10 different answers. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's funny to me because, uh, you know, we uh, probably a couple years ago, we started uh, speaking on this a lot with uh, like Automation Alley and some of the other associations we're involved in, you know, because I think a lot of people think about the plant floor, right? That you're right. automating, you're creating yep. a digital twin. But so much of what we do in the finance and accounting world is undergoing the same changeover. Absolutely. You know, you can replace uh, the, your bookkeeper uh, with a bot that's just yep. going to go and scan invoices and put everything you in. So, uh, so people really, you know, I think tend to fixate and focus on the plant floor, but there's there's implications kind of across the across the board for a business of how it's going to go. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, and you're seeing the blending of the plant floor in the front office. But, you know, and 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 the thing is is most of these systems that you're looking at out mm-hmm. in manufacturing, they weren't built with industry 4.0 in mind. Yep. In fact, 
most of the systems that are being delivered today aren't built with Industry 4.0 yep. in mind. You know, it, it's funny because you see like these large automation lines and all, and and they they use uh, digital tools to help simulate, create SolidWorks, NX, all this stuff to create these lines. Well, then a lot of times they throw that away and they start mechanically building it and the controls engineers start <laughs> controlling it. Well, let's take these tools, right? Let's use that. That is the basis of the digital twin. Now, this is you can start testing and commissioning this system before it's ever built. So you know what issues you're going to have before it's ever built. Now, you have to perfect the digital twin because a lot of times you know, the simulations and all can be off. So there's yeah. a lot of work with perfecting it. I, you know, um, I take a look at it. I, I'm a huge baseball fan. Mm -hmm. Love the Tigers, love baseball. Um, and uh, you've seen analytics kind of overtake baseball, right? You'll, mm -hmm. you'll watch the Tampa Bay Rays. They have four outfielders and they got three out infielders <laughs> between second and first base and they got nobody. <laughs> on yep. the left side of the infield. And you're like, what the heck are they doing? Well, they know the hitter, right? Mm -hmm. But the people that are doing those analytics, they have to understand baseball and the game and have a little bit of way to contextualize the data that they're getting. One of the mistakes I see that I see a lot of people suffer from is they think they can just throw all this data at some AI company and it's going to give them all the answers. Well, if the AI company, if, if somebody cannot contextualize the data and what the data means, they're not going to be able to help. So you need to have the ability to contextualize the data too. And that's why system integrators are so set up for this transformation yeah so and so do you see that really changing the role of the system integrator within the process because i mean traditionally at least my understanding of it you know you've got uh you know you've got a a rockwell you know piece of equipment you've got a fanic piece of equipment and and the the folks working on the shop floor don't know how to make those two work together so the system integrator comes in and can and connect those and get them to do exactly what you want to do and then the the plant personnel can take over and do the maintenance and update sure. some minor things, but uh, but this really now you know kind of drives the system integrator up up more because you're saying hey, not only can I make these two things work together, but I can also make it work together in a way that it's giving you the information you want to see and that you need to see to run your business. So it kind of drives your, your you further up the value chain, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, um, you know, you have to put together the edge strategy. You got to put together how you're going to maintain that piece of equipment over mm -hmm. its lifetime, how you're going to do predictive maintenance on that equipment, you know, um, and uh, um, it, there's there's so many things that the system integrator can do. Um, by staying on the leading edge without getting on the bleeding edge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and trust me, I've been on the bleeding edge before. <laughs> exactly. It was uh, one of the conferences I was at. I was I was talking to a, a representative from uh, from a vendor. I can't remember which one it was, but but they were talking about, oh yeah, our new robot. You, you're not going to need an integrator because you're going to be able to. It's going to be like your printer, right? You bring it in, you turn it on, your Wi-Fi network picks it up, and you're off and running. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but somebody still needs to understand how to make all that stuff work. And so, yeah, you may take out that uh, that that low level work you guys are doing, but now that's just going to let you focus on the higher level stuff. That that's where the real value is and the uh, and the real money is for the organization. Yep. So, excellent. So, you know, how has 
how have you seen this change, you know, these technologies and, and digital transformation? How have you seen that change the way that Patty does business over the last, you know, I mean, you said Patty's been around 30 years. Uh, so, you know, how, how have you seen it change? And obviously, I'm, I'm assuming it's accelerated a lot here over the last, you know, five, three to five years. Without a doubt, you're, you're, you're seeing uh, digital and industry 4.0 um, projects mm-hmm. go from proof of concept to actually implementation now, right? Yep. And we are having more conversations with our clients at higher levels and with the IT group and bringing different groups. You know, you used to just work with the manufacturing engineers, yep. right? Now you're working with industrial engineering to see what they need. You're working with the IT group to see what their um, uh, needs are, you know, and, mm-hmm. and talking about cybersecurity. I mean, you know, you take a look at, some of the uh, uh, cyber attacks recently yeah. and all, and, and we're in a cyber war. And yep. how do you protect that industrial equipment on the floor? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole ball of wax there, you know, and how can we consult the client to bring them value? You know, you, you talk about like the uh, PLCs and the robots. Um, I, I have some manufacturing experience from 30 years ago, you know, <laughs> but um, w- when I was in the body shop, in Baltimore, you needed to know two devices. If you knew the PLC and you knew the robot controller, you could run that whole plant mm-hmm. because that's all there was. I mean, it was maintaining a lot of it, but that's all you had to know. You had to be a master on those two devices to, to run that facility. With the complexity of automation, with vision systems, with art AI out there, with predictive maintenance and all, that person that can that can run that plant Mm -hmm. and know everything technically on that floor is not there. So how do you give that person the help and the assistance to, to, to do their job better? Right. How, how do you give them the tools to help them understand what's going on on their a lot more complicated systems than what we had 30 years ago? Yeah. You know, and and it's interesting. I've I've been reading a lot lately about uh, the talent gap. You know, yep. and 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 it, and it's more than just the well. We've got nine million people out of work and nine point three million open jobs, and we can't get them to match yep. up. It's it's the fact that you don't have the right people to do those things, and then the people that you do have, you know, that that, that guy that was working on the line doing kind of the preventive maintenance stuff. How do you upskill him yep. to be able to to now take a larger role in this, which which then helps you know fill that void. So because yep. uh, I. I was speaking to another uh, another gentleman who works for an automation company on there. Uh, he's their charge of in charge of their academic partnerships, and I can't remember the exact statistic he gave me, but just for what they saw, the demand in engineers from the automation industry exceeds what the universities are graduating, <laughs> and that's just one industry. Yep. And so now you're all competing. It's like, okay, well, how do we you know, how how do we solve that problem? You know, and I think that. Uh, that the pandemic, some of the lessons from the pandemic are going to help with that, right? That without a doubt, you know. Now uh, you mentioned that Patty has has a couple offices, but now you don't need to have you. You could employ an engineer in Montana if he if he does the right job and he's getting stuff done. So now Patty's got a larger reach, which is good. You can bigger talent pool, harder for you. You've got <laughs> you got to recruit in fifty states as opposed right. to just one. But uh, how have you seen? Uh, you know, some of the benefits of digital transformation impacting 
how you're running the business, uh, not the technical side, but the actual, you know, hiring, sure. developing, things like that. So, so one of the, um, you know, the one thing about system integration business mm-hmm. is when you commission and you start up systems and you visit clients, you, you have to be there. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of travel involved, right? Um, one of the things with um, digital transformation is you can reduce that mm-hmm. by virtual commissioning, by more, by able, by being able to look at how the customer system is running remotely mm-hmm. by bringing data up and doing data analytics and and even like going into patty engineering the office and all i mean we've never been hard and fast that you need to come in every day at this time and all we've always had people working yeah you know eh, want to work at home today that's fine you usually get more stuff done at home anyway yep. right but um uh you know that's become i mean you know, forever, pre-pandemic, Sam Huff never missed a day at Petty Engineering. Yep. Now about one day a week, I'll stay at home. You know, Wednesday's my meeting days where you have a <laughs> bunch of internal meetings. So yep. a lot of times on Wednesday, I'll just do that at home in my shorts. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and I got to get rid of the head trash because I'm kind of a little old school in mm-hmm. that way. But, but you are right. Uh, being able to do remote employees, we, we had remote employees pre-pandemic. Um, and we had a remote employee policy and all, but um, it, it, it even helps for it more so, right? Yeah. So. Oh, that's, <clears throat> you know, that I, I think it's, uh, to me, it's going to be really interesting seeing what stays, what goes, what changes, you know, as, as things go back to normal. Um, but the, um, I, I think the the companies that over the next, you know, whatever you want to say, five, 10 years, whatever it is, the ones that thrive and, and grow are going to find new ways, you know, expanding their, their talent pool they're going after, maybe, you know, pushing down who they're going after. Hey, pe- people that were traditionally maybe getting associate's degrees, can we get them a certification that gets them ready that, yeah, they're not going to be able to do the full project, but they're going to be able to, to contribute. And then who knows? Uh, you know, a, a lot of people used to graduate from the school of hard knocks, right? And they would, and they would just learn on the job and they'd, then they learn the next piece, and then they learn the next piece, and I think we'll probably see a lot more of that going forward. Uh, would would be my guess. I'm not a HR professional, but it's going to be my guess. I agree 100. percent We over the last 30 years have overemphasized the worth of a college education, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many kids go to college and graduate with a degree that's worthless. And you can go straight out of high school get a skilled trades job as an apprentice electrician, mm-hmm. make 20 to 25 bucks an hour, start saving money and build a hell of a career, yep. you know, and, and welders, CNC operators and all this. And, and instead we're seeing people because of head trash, mm-hmm. sending those kids to college, having them graduate and having them have less skill than the kid that out of high school went and did that skilled trade. Um, you're, um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, and I'll get off my soapbox a little <laughs> bit, but, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about education and how we fund it and yep. whether we forgive dad and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. There is, and we sat on a board of our daughter's college, uh, parental advisory board. Mm-hmm. There is a, a shrinking number of high school graduates between now and and 2035, that was the statistic when we were there. Mm-hmm. 
schools, it's, the problem will solve itself, <laughs> right? <laughs> schools are going to be fighting more and more mm-hmm. and more for the, the students that are available. And yep. some of the schools will go by the wayside if the government just stays out of it. Yeah, so no, I would agree. So let's, you mentioned head trash again. Let's, uh, let's go back to one area where we see that, right? And we, when we touched on it earlier on, right? Everybody's got a different idea of what digital transformation is. Yep. So um, client calls you up, says, Sam, I, I want to digitally transform my plant. Let's, I want you guys to come in and tell me what we got to do. Uh, right there, because you two are not on the same level and, and have the same expectations, I can see that creating a lot of problems. So how do you how do you guys at Patty, how do you manage those expectations with the client to to make sure that the that the job is successful and that they're not coming in expecting that, hey, this is going to do these million things. In reality, it's going to fix maybe 10 things in their operation. So my first question is, why do you want to do the digital transformation? And I want to hear why. And uh, okay, my boss is telling me I got to do it because yeah. our plan has... What's your biggest problem that you have in your facility? What keeps you up at night? And then listen to that and say, what can we do with different strategies and different digital technologies to try to solve that problem that you haven't been able to do traditionally? It has to start with solving a problem. Hmm. Any digital project or digital transformation has to start with solving a problem. No, that's... That, that, that's a very good point, you know, and I think we, uh, you know, we even see that within our own, um, you know, our own business, right? We, most people think accountants, tax returns, financial statements, right? Yep. But, but inevitably business owners come to us for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and there's something it's, it's not because they want their tax return filed. You know, if, if that was their concern, they could find any CPA that's going to do it for the price they want. They really want somebody that can advise them and, and, and ask those questions. Cause, yep. cause I'm sure you, you have the same things that come through your mind and just having that sounding board to, to respond back and say, well, wait a second, let's, let's, uh, let's kind of step back and, and, and see some more. So, um, well, well, Sam, this is, this has been a great conversation and I, and I really appreciate you taking the time coming in. Uh, one, one last curveball for you. We didn't, I didn't have this on my list before, but I think it's, uh, it's worth noting cause, cause I know that, uh, and you said 30 years, Patty, but it's like the anniversary is like, sometime around now um you know what what is one piece of advice if you're a excuse me if uh if i'm a smaller system integrator just getting started out i mean in that 30 years you've seen you've seen a lot of ups and downs right you've seen different fads come and go um you know what's one or two pieces of advice you have to that that new sam hoff that's coming out of college wants to start his business of of how to have longevity over the long term be honest with yourself and be honest with your clients. Um, you're always going to make mistakes, right? But the, the thing is, is you have to look in the mirror every day and say, how can I be better as a manager? How can I be better as an integrator? How can I serve my clients better today than I did yesterday? And you got to be honest with your clients. Every system integrator, if you're in here, you have those projects you remember. <laughs> I probably have about three or four over 30 years that that you know just about brought me to my knees (laughs) made me cry yep stayed up at night but you know what you you work your way through them and you 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 figure out how to get them done and at the end um be true to yourself so 
Excellent. Well, Sam, again, thanks for coming in. I appreciate the time. And uh, for all those of you listening to the podcast right now, I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like us, subscribe, and share on social. To learn more about Clayton and McCurvy, visit us at claytonmccurvy.com. That's C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-M-C-K-E-R-V-E-Y.com. We thrive on finding the solutions for you.